The Taiwan State Building Party on Tuesday held a ceremony to inaugurate its new chair, Wang Xinhuan. It's the first change in leadership for the party, which is a strong advocate for Taiwanese independence from the RSC and is seen as a close ally of the ruling DPP. The event was attended by former Pingdong County Commissioner Pan Mong-an, who did not elaborate on reports that he could take over as Minister of the Interior soon. Former Chair Chen Yiqi hands over a ceremonial brick representing the foundation of the party to Wang Xinhuan. It's the first change in leadership in the party since its establishment more than 10 years ago. Wang was asked whether the party would cooperate with the DPP. On some political issues, the general direction of our nation and our rejection of China to protect Taiwan, we are definitely cooperating. When it comes to elections, our relationship is one based on competition between political parties. Of course, we will take part in the legislative elections, both for directly elected lawmakers and legislators at large. We will make plans for the election. The event had a high turnout. Among the people in attendance was former Pingdong County Commissioner Pan Mong An, who caught much attention from media. Taiwan does not belong to a single party or a single person. It belongs to everyone. And it's not a matter of just me or just you. We should all come together to think about the future of Taiwan. Over the past few years, we have had a common appeal, and we have goals that take us in the same direction. In the 2020 general elections, the party gained more than 3% of the vote in the party list vote, making it eligible for political party subsidies. In the 2022 local election, it had its best showing to date, winning one councillor's seat each in Tainan and Kaohsiung. Pan says he attended the ceremony in a personal capacity to celebrate with friends. Reporters asked him whether he was planning to join the executive unit as Minister of the Interior and whether he was attending the event to pave the way for a possible presidential bid by lighting the in 2024. I don't have any plans right now. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion to give you. For now, I'm staying in Pingdong. Whether there is a government restructuring or not depends on President Tsai. Pan did not elaborate on his plans for the future, leaving much room for speculation. Reservists in Taiwan can now voluntarily register for additional training and will earn 24,700 NT for each two-week training session they register for. Employers will also be required to grant employees hoping to do the training two weeks of paid leave to do so. The Defense Ministry hopes the new policy will encourage more people to sign up, thereby better preparing the country's defenses for any contingency. In the past, reservists hoping to undergo additional training had to wait to be called up by the Defense Ministry. Starting this year, under a new ministry policy, reservists can register for training on their own after four initial training sessions. Starting with the fifth training session, each time a reservist goes for training, we give them a 5,000 NT bonus. Each year, a reservist can go for a single training session of 5 to 10 days, or a 14-day training session calculated as two sessions. Those going for 14 days of training are awarded 10,000 NT, and there is an additional daily stipend as well. Altogether, that means a reservist will be given 24,700 NT for the two weeks of training. Those with regular jobs are also permitted to request government-mandated paid leave from their employer for the two-week training session. 
Each reservist can register only once per year. Those who finished mandatory conscription less than 12 years ago would be the main target of this training, and we hope that they will register within this period. We estimate roughly 400 to 500 men and roughly 200 women will register annually. We will implement rolling amendments for the policy. As part of continuing revisions to Taiwan's defense policies, the Defense Ministry now hopes to attract more reservists and volunteer recruits with greater subsidies and training flexibility. Holiday surcharges came into effect on Tuesday for taxis in Taipei, New Taipei and Geelong. The additional fare of 30 NT will be in effect for 13 days until January 29. Taxi drivers say that although it's supposed to be a bonus, the higher fares could result in fewer passengers during the holiday. A passenger with a suitcase hops in a taxi. A sign has been put up at this taxi stand informing passengers that for 13 days, from January 17 to January 29th, a holiday surcharge of 30 NT will be added to fares in Taipei, New Taipei and Geelong. Passengers are divided on the extra fares. Some say it's not much of a difference, while others say that they would rather take a bus or the MRT. Some cab drivers say they are afraid the surcharge will have an impact on passenger numbers. Business will likely be a little worse. Some people see the higher prices and decide not to take the taxi. Every day when I go out in my taxi, it takes about 5 to 10 minutes for me to get a passenger. Now it's more like 7 to 12 minutes. The surcharges have been in effect for less than a day, but cabbies say they are already feeling a drop in passengers. Farther impact could come on April 1st, when base fares are set to go up from 70 to 85 NT in Greater Taipei. As in previous years, the Taipei Flower Market will be open 24 hours a day starting today until Lunar New Year's Eve on Saturday. So if you're looking to buy flowers, even in the middle of the night, you have plenty of options to procure them. The operator of the market, Taipei Flowers Auction, says this year lilies are a good choice for the Lunar New Year. Let's hear from the company. There are many varieties and kinds of double lilies this year. There are many options. In previous years, we only had two kinds of double lilies and rose lilies. We have more diverse options this year. The price of lilies is also very affordable, so that everyone can buy a beautiful bouquet of lilies for just a couple hundred NT. The flower market says oriental lilies are especially popular this year, with one bunch selling for just over 260 NT. Daisies and chrysanthemums are also selling well with prices between 100 and 156 NT. Orchids and double lilies are always much beloved by many, but this year they're about 10% more expensive than before. Every day until Saturday, the market will be putting up about 190,000 flower bouquets for sale with something for every shopper. A new music video produced by a Miali Fire Department is bringing safety concepts to life through art. Firefighter Guo Li Yuan wrote the original song based on the true story of a fire rescue. It features a happy ending, a mother and son escaping safely after taking the correct steps to protect themselves in an emergency. Let's take a look at the video. 
Dawn is based on the true story of a fire rescue operation from 2016. Holong firefighter Guo Liyuan wrote the song and lyrics based on a call out the team received in the early hours one morning. Yeah, the alarm report said a mother and son were trapped in a fire. The woman judged that they couldn't escape by themselves, so she shut the bedroom door to wait for the firefighters to arrive. Shutting the door was the action that kept the fire, smoke and heat out of the room. It resulted in both mother and son getting safely rescued. We started with the mother and son as the centre of the song. It's about our state of mind after we, the fire department, arrived. And there was a mother and son and we could contact them and get them out. The true story inspired Guo, firefighter and amateur musician. He asked his colleague Xiao Renfu to direct a music video and found actors to take part. Guo had been a keen guitar player as a student, and whenever he had a moment to spare, he'd be found in the dormitory strumming and singing to himself. During the making of the MV, Guo and Xiao thought hard about how to make a promo video that would avoid the cliches of the normal instruction clips. Once we had fixed the tune, we kept on improving it. We had already started filming by that point. When we had worked out the basic length of time, we kept on improving it. After editing the lyrics and the tune, I would ask him to check it. All in all, we must have gone through 50 different versions. The lyrics smuggle in some important concepts about how to deal with a fire, which Guo hopes will serve listeners who get into trouble. They include key points like shut the door and wait for rescue, don't hide in the bathroom, don't cover your mouth with a wet cloth, and don't run upstairs if there's smoke. The Taiex on Tuesday closed slightly up, rising 5 points to close at 14,932 points. Total turnover for the day was just 150.6 billion NT dollars. Overall, the market performed poorly over the past year, shedding 2,741 points in 12 months, representing a loss of 8.08 trillion NT in market value. Let's hear one financial expert's take on things. In the short term, large cap stocks are all indicators. Hot money flows from foreign investors have already made their way into the TIEX, and investors are holding onto stocks until after the Lunar New Year. There will be more transactions after the holiday. Looking back over the year of the Tiger, the TIEX dropped by 15.51%, losing 2,741 points. Market losses for the year spread over a little more than 12 million account holders and an average of 672,100 NT per account, making it the worst year on record over the past 14 years. Over in the foreign exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar depreciated against the greenback on Tuesday, closing at 30.315 NT to the US dollar. Cold weather is battering Taiwan, and for some people, that means problems in their homes. Shoddy building can make ceramic tiles vulnerable to changes in temperature. A tile that wasn't laid properly can end up bulging from the floor or wall after temperature changes pull it out of place. 
But there's one way to check the solidity of your tiles at home before they crack. Take out a metal stick and give the floor tiles a tap. The solid tiles sound one way, but at a certain tile, there's a different sound. That hollow noise indicates there's probably a problem. It's already hollow inside. Generally, people don't know about the problem. If it's hollow, when the cold comes and the temperature drops suddenly, the tile expands and contracts and starts to bulge out. When the weather's cold, some people find bulges or cracks like this in their floor tiles. Once perfectly even tiling starts to bulge and crack, and the concrete underneath can start to show. Sometimes cracks appear in bathroom walls, which can be a risk to residents. So then it's time to call a tile setter urgently. One repair specialist says profits have soared more than 50% recently. I went past it and wondered, why is that sticking out there? Or sometimes I would stub my toe on something and realize it seemed to be poking out. So I asked the tile installer to fix it as soon as possible. It's a construction problem because the concrete wasn't set properly. Lots of people just want a quick job. The tiles should be glued down on the back, but they don't do that. Another thing is they didn't wipe the dust off the backs of the tiles like they should have. This expert says that cold snaps always lead to an increase in profits for him, and sometimes more work than he can accept. You can also check your own tiles at home before they crack. Use a 10 NT coin or a stick to tap the tiles, and if you hear a noise that's more brittle or hollow sounding, you know it will need fixing soon. Now to all our Vietnamese viewers, here's one for you. A banh mi restaurant in Taoyuan is gaining rave reviews. The chef Gan Dan started the restaurant in Guishan District so locals could enjoy the classic Vietnamese dish properly. Despite the pandemic, he's carved out a niche with solid ingredients and the commitment to the traditional recipe. Vietnamese res residents of Taoyuan say his banh mi is pretty close to the real deal. What greater compliment could they give? Let's head to Taoyuan now. Baguettes go into the oven to be rebaked until crispy outside and soft inside. They're cut open and filled with pork pate, authentic Vietnamese ham, cucumber, and coriander. Even the eggs are fried in a special way. They go into the pan with cold oil, which is heated up slowly to fry the egg. These banh mi are a solid 7 centimeters thick. Lots of Vietnamese people come here to enjoy an authentic flavor from their homeland. It's quite authentic. The ingredients are good quality. You can leave them for hours and the baguette is still crispy. They're very similar to the ones in Vietnam. And inside the restaurant, we spot these photos of Vietnam's beautiful scenery on the walls. They were taken by the restaurant owner on his travels. Gan Dan, born in 1974, often travels with his family family in Vietnam and writes an independent travel blog. I think Vietnam feels a bit like Taiwan did when I was born. When I go to the Vietnamese countryside, I see lots of things that give me deja vu. I also see the ways in which it is developing really fast. It's an enormous contrast. It has a very good side. The people are also very good-hearted. 
After leaving his career as a police officer, Gandan had his heart set on starting his own business. He didn't think too much about leaving himself a get-out route, he says. He just wanted to give fellow lovers of Vietnam a place to enjoy the real culinary deal, but in Taiwan. Not long after he started the business, COVID-19 hit. Prices for ingredients like eggs and coriander went flying sky-high. But through word of mouth and the patronage of the Vietnamese community in Taiwan, he's maintained a stable business. Migrant workers have it very tough, and so do foreign women who move here to marry a Taiwanese man. They may have to adapt to a lot of different national cultural habits and language habits. It's all very hard work. I try to treat them with extra kindness, like chatting with them as much as I can. I think we do have the Vietnamese atmosphere here, maybe. Perhaps they feel like I kind of understand Vietnam. Gandan is running a business, serving up good food, and making cross-cultural friends, all in a day's work. For Vietnamese neighbors, he provides a comforting reminder of home on days when living in a foreign country feels tough. Every year, there are more than 300 children born in Taiwan with a cranial facial condition. The Nordoff Craniofacial Foundation in Taiwan aims to help people with craniofacial problems by providing training, rehabilitation, as well as scholarships. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to meet some of the people they assist. Chen Chen has a rare craniofacial condition called Golden Heart Syndrome, which affects the development of his eyes, ears, and spine. Since he was three months old, Chen Chen has had problems with breathing and eating. After he was born, I found that he had many problems. The main issue was that he had trouble drinking milk. He couldn't drink milk on his own, and if he took deep breaths, his face and body would turn black. The situation lasted for three to four months. Every day I wouldn't dare sleep. The lights in the house were turned on 24 hours a day so that I could check on him and make sure he was alive. Due to his mother's perseverance and the assistance of the foundation, Chen Chen is now doing much better. Now three years old, his breathing has improved, and he has switched from attending special education class to regular class. Now his breathing has improved. He currently relies on a respirator to sleep. The foundation checks up on us and shows such understanding. They even found us a doctor at Linko Changeng Memorial Hospital, so we travel there from Taichung for a series of examinations. Chen Chen is now three years and four months old. These past few years, the foundation has helped us get in touch with people, helped find rehabilitation classes, and assisted us in adjusting mentally to our role as caregivers for him. There's also Yang Yang from Yunling. He was born with a cleft lip and palate, and underwent two surgeries before he was even one year old. With the help of the foundation, Yang Yang sought speech therapy. Now three years old, Yang Yang has shown great progress, and he can now say a few words. He would keep crying in the middle of the night and not be able to sleep. Foundation staff would come to the house to help with putting on his nose mold and help us with the special feeding bottles and pacifiers. Since starting speech therapy, he can now pronounce the sounds for B, P, and M. He can also now say good, no, and mom in Mandarin. The Nordhoff Craniofacial Foundation was founded by Dr. Samuel Nordhoff in 1989 in hopes of helping congenital craniofacial patients receive holistic care and medical treatment, as well as educate the public about the condition. 
The Nordhoff Cranial Foundation provides training for family members and respite caregivers. In addition, the foundation also arranges summer camps, scholarships, and grants for affected children. Since the establishment of the foundation in 1989, there have been more than 15,000 children with craniofacial conditions that have registered with us. We serve about 1,500 children and adults who have been with us for many years. Our services are split into different stages, and we provide services both during pregnancy and shortly after birth. As a child grows older, we will arrange a follow-up plan. There are more than 300 children born with congenital craniofacial anomalies in Taiwan every year, including cleft lips and palates, microtia, and other congenital craniofacial conditions. The foundation hopes to continue to support these children and their families. They also call on more people to donate to help support the families. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. Kaohsiung on Tuesday unveiled the design of the hand lanterns that will be available at the city's Lantern Festival. The lanterns have six different designs depicting bunnies in different outfits. Some are wearing sailors' outfits or knotted scarves with Hakka flower patterns. There is even a model of a bunny wearing virtual reality goggles. The designs are inspired by paper dolls with removable accessories. This year, Kaohsiung is moving its Lantern Festival from its original venue along the Love River to Lotus Pond in Joying District. To prevent congestion in the area, the city recommends revelers to take public transport to the exhibits.